Greetings from the European Parliament studio in Strasbourg. My name is Ilse Nagla and today we will be talking about youth unemployment and it is more than twice as high as general unemployment. And today I'm joined by Kim van Sparentak. She is from Netherlands, from the group of Greens. Yeah. And also uh, I'm joined by Brando Benefe from Italy, from the political nice group of you. Socialists and Democrats. Very nice to have you here. I know it's busy time. Uh, that's why I st start with, uh, with you, Mr. Benefe. Uh, the youth unemployment in Spain is very high, uh, 37%. Also in your country, in Italy, 29%. Basically, we are talking about the lost generation uh, of young people, and why, why is it so high? In my opinion, there is a, a culture that needs to be fought, not only a set of policy that needs to be ameliorated to, to uh, employ more young people, but there is a culture sometimes of uh, the idea that young people can stay a long time without a real contract, that can uh, go on with uh, traineeships, uh, with uh, simil, simil jobs that are not real jobs, and uh, even uh, the black market. I know there are many young people that you don't see in those statistics that simply are working in an irregular way. Uh, we need to fight a culture that is uh, of uh, uncertainty for young people. I think it's important in countries like mine that we strengthen um, uh, all the paths that can link uh, school to uh, work, uh, also using European projects that in fact has uh, uh, work but needs to be strengthened, like the Youth Guarantee that helped many young people that were inactive, that stopped studying or stopped to search work to restart their career. So um, we need, as I said, a set of policies. We need to use the next generation EU, the uh, new recovery plan, to also reform uh, the aspects of the uh, connection between uh, yeah. studies and work that don't work very much, but also we need to change the mentality. Young people must not be exploited, young people must be able to have a real career and a normal work path that I think it's, it's a crucial topic to fight for. Young people needs to, I think, need to raise their voice yes. for, for their right space in society. To be more heard. In Netherlands is a very different picture, right? Uh, your youth unemployment is 7.6%, one of the lowest in the EU. So how did you manage? Uh, young, young people seem to be more protected in the Netherlands, right? I'm not sure if it's about more protection. I think what you what you see very often in the Netherlands is actually, well, first of all, people stay in education a bit longer. Um, and also, um, we have a lot of low-quality jobs, to be fair. A lot of uh, flexible... Like jobs with contracts, right? Yes, but with very flexible contracts, very insecure contracts. Uh, con uh, a lot of people work, for example, for platform companies. Um, and these are, of course, not the kind of jobs where you can actually build a career on or even, you know, really sustain yourself with. And that is really a problem that we're seeing. So in the statistics, perhaps it looks quite good. But actually, the situation, like they can't afford a house and they, they can't afford to pay back their student loan and, and um, they sometimes can't even provide for their, for their food on the table. So that is the problem that we see uh, mainly in my country. Well, one of the solutions that EU is offering is the youth guarantee. And you were part of the group that helped to, to design it. It doesn't seem that it's working in all countries that well. Uh, why is that? I think the point is that youth guarantee is not a magic wand. It's an incentive system to bring people back in track, in work opportunities and in uh, completing their training. 
It cannot sub su substitute uh, po policies for job creation and for sustainable economic growth. So um, you can see, for example, in Italy that this policy worked very well in places that already had a good basis of economic growth and of functioning public administration. In the poorest areas of the country, it didn't work very well because the basis was not there. So we need not to rely on the idea that sometimes we had in the European institutions that just by putting some incentives, things can change. We need to uh, build a strong foundation and I hope that the recovery plan um, can now address some structural imbalances like in the case of Italy the low intake of, um, of uh, women in the uh, workplace and the too high number of inactive young people. But still to me it sounds uh, like a miracle that uh, the youth guarantee promises in four months after the young person has lost a job or it's out of university or school to offer him or her uh, another job or another studying possibility. So when I'm out of my job, I can find a new job in four months or start a PhD maybe. That's, it's, it doesn't sound very realistic. Oh, I think it actually is a very, very realistic point of view, but that is always the case that um, there has to be, choices have to be made. And I think one of the big, you know, hurdles that the Youth Guarantee actually had is like, we have this system in place, we show to young people, we see your problem, we see that you're struggling, we are going to try to help you, we're going to try to give you education. Um, and at the same time, we're, we are pushing austerity all over Europe. Uh, which makes, yeah, so, um, you know, actually the social welfare agencies that perhaps were in charge of making sure these people would actually get a, a proper offer, um, you know, they, they, they couldn't cope anymore because, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't provide them with enough funding. So that is one of the problems we had. And secondly, we, of course, seen also that um, not all the offers were adequate. Um, so it's not always the case that you get some, a, a great opportunity, but you sometimes also got something that, you know, um, didn't really help you forward. But um, I think what is, what is very important is that we're now looking at, you know, this instrument that we have. We implemented it. It was very important, especially, you know, to, to, as a recognition that, you know, we saw the struggles of young people and now we have to improve it. And uh, I think that, uh, that we are making progress there. And it's also MEPs are uh, uh, calling for the ban on unpaid internships, right? Yes. So that's not a, a good starting point for a young person. Yeah, think? absolutely. We proposed uh, this in the revision of the youth guarantee, not just for the youth guarantee uh, uh, opportunities, so for the traineeships with European funds, but in general we want uh, internships, uh, unpaid internships without a learning uh, contract to be um, banned in Europe because this is a way to exploit young people, to uh, just uh, build a culture of exploitation. So we uh, finally took this clear position, which was not obvious. The parliament didn't take it before so clearly. Now we did it and we are fighting in our member states so that it, it, it is transformed into, into legislation. In Italy, mm. we presented a law, in this, a, a proposal of law in, in the national parliament in this sense because we need the national legislation to adapt. We cannot change things completely on this field only through European legislation. But 
isn't that important for a young person that he starts a job in, in a company that where he would like to or she would like to work with unpaid internship and then see how it goes and he's well, then no, he's asked to because, stay? because uh, the company should pay for the, for the, 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 the work is, uh, it, they are asking young people to do. They are workers like the others. Uh, uh, obviously, it's also training, it's also learning. So it's different from a normal job contract, but it's also partly work and work must always be paid. It cannot be uh, free for the company. The company is not giving you an opportunity. They are asking for your work and this work should be paid. And what was your first paid job? Uh, was internship? Um, my, uh, well, my first uh, side job was an ice cream shop, um, but um, uh, my first job was an internship, uh, but it was um, at a city council and actually I got paid um, a minimum, inc uh, minimum wage there, a living wage actually. Um, which meant that uh, besides the job, you know, it wasn't like I'm, I was saving money, but I could provide, I could pay for my food, I could pay for my, for my housing, um, and I didn't have to work next to it. So I could put all my efforts and all my energy into that job. And that's, that's you know, that I think is the mutual benefit you get. I, got, I, I, I was trained and I could actually, you know, put uh, uh, my energies into the company rather than, you know, wondering whether I would survive after this internship or would have a debt. And what was your first job or paid job? Yeah, for me it was also a kind of, of, of internship uh, which was paid. So it was a good uh, opportunity. So you were in the lucky, lucky exactly. group. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, it's often not the case. And I know many, many cases also of friends of mine, of close friends that all, uh, unfortunately had the opposite uh, uh, experience. Uh, and so I think that uh, we really need to be united as political forces to just give uh, hope for a better future for young people, not to just be scared of not being able to survive after uh, working for almost nothing, because this is unfortunately the reality of too many young people in Europe. Well, let me be a devil's advocate for a moment. Young people maybe uh, are looking for different type of job and maybe this system is not helping them, meaning there will be influencers and vloggers and bloggers and they would change uh, jobs much more often. Maybe they don't want to have such stable, stable yeah. job markets. Unfortunately, this is the kind of rhetoric that uh, we need to fight because uh, if it's a choice, it's okay, that's what you're saying. But unfortunately, in most cases, it's not a choice. I know hundreds of young people that has not chosen to be precarious and not to have any stability. It's been not their choice. And this kind of uh, uh, this discourse, it's okay for those that want to do it. And obviously, I mean, uh, also we are now MEPs and we are not uh, stable in the sense that we might not be reelected and we have to have other jobs, we don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, for many people, it's not a choice. It's a, a matter instead of exploitation, because if you are not uh, in a stable work situation, you can be easily threatened to be left out in, 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 if you don't accept lower conditions and you can be so exploited by, by your own employers. So stability must be, to some degree, a right for workers. And you can choose to, to do differently, but it must be really a choice, not a fake choice. And I think what is very important that, like, I mean, it's true that the, the, the labor market is becoming more flexible. You know, we have more short-term jobs, you know, more project-based jobs, perhaps. Um, 
So um, we have to look indeed very clearly whether it's a choice, whether it's fake self-employed, for example, or not. Yeah. But also what is very important, I'm very happy that the Commission announced that they will come with a communication next year on this, is that we have a safety net for everyone in Europe to have, uh, you know, um, a minimum income for everyone who falls in between the gaps of the labour market yeah. and, and will actually, uh, you know, have the opportunity to still um, provide for food on the table and for housing, uh, despite the fact that they don't have a job at that moment. But some would argue that it will not stimulate uh, young people to look for a job if they are, they are given that minimum, uh, minimum income. These arguments have proven wrong because yes. with this kind of discourse we have all these unemployed people. These things we heard for tens of years and this is the result, the yeah. one you mentioned. Yeah. So, and as my colleague said, even where I think of Italy too, in some regions Italy has the highest number of young people employed of all over Europe, beating Germany in some parts of the country. But if you look at the numbers, it's like my colleague has said, there are also very precarious, very low-paid jobs. And so the situation has problems everywhere, bigger or smaller, depending on the situation. And um, this kind of rhetoric we heard for many years uh, didn't work very well. So we are looking for something else. And I think that uh, um, stability, uh, but also safety nets for uh, uh, periods of transition is the way forward. But also now with the EU recovery fund uh, money coming in, there will be more money also uh, left for the to, to fight the youth unemployment, correct? Yes, absolutely. I think it will be crucial that on, especially on the transitions, the ecological transition and the digital transition, we work so that we pursue political objectives of uh, fighting climate change, of building a more connected Europe. But in the meanwhile, while we pursue these political objectives, we maintain and create jobs through the changing of our economy. We can do it. We see examples of that. We just need to learn also from the best practices and go on in this direction. Yeah, we have massive challenges ahead of us indeed. You know, we have to fight climate change. We have to make sure um, that everyone is connected. There's a lot of things changing in the digital revolution. Um, so there's a lot of uh, opportunities we have. Um, I'm also very happy that we chose for this direction rather than austerity again, because this will actually make you know, uh, help the economy and actually create jobs rather than, you know, destroy jobs like we've done 10 years ago. Okay, thank you so much thank for you. this debate. And uh, we talked about youth unemployment and it seems that there is, is some good message, some promises out, uh, out here on the EU level, on the national level for young people who are unemployed. Thank you and bye.